0: Hello there, and welcome to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. My name is Richard Frankowitz, and I'm the youth director here at Sardis Fellowship Baptist Church. This week, our international missionaries, Rob and Lee, have returned from Italy and will be sharing in an interview with Pastor Rod Hebel. Thanks
1: for listening, and enjoy! Uh, but Robin Cadeen really served a lot in the life of our church in a variety of roles, with young adult ministries and, and many other things. And, uh, and before they got this sense of calling to go and work in, in Italy, uh, church planting, they were very much a part of the life of our church uh, serving. And it was easy for us to, to note the gifting, the passion that God had given to them because they were proven here in our home church. And then we became their sending church, and on November the 6, 2016, in the fireside room, because this auditorium was one week late on getting mm-hmm. occupancy, we had to do their commissioning service down in the fireside room. So maybe you were there three times.: day. Three times.: <laughs> That's right. We had like an 8:30 and then a 9:30 or something like that and 11 o'clock. So we had three services in the fireside room while this was being built. But we commissioned you to go out. And it's been a challenging, almost seven-year period of time when you throw mm-hmm. in COVID into the mix of all of that and we get that. My wife and I know what you're feeling right now because many years ago, 19 to be exact, when we came home from Bolivia, um, home one week is what you are. You arrived last week and you're back into a whole new context and and your heads are spinning and, you know, the emotional turmoil and the back and forth and all that, and we get that. But we want you to know you're amongst friends here. We love you, so breathe deep, relax, and let's enjoy the next few moments together. We sent you out, and there's a verse here on the screen that says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's out of Romans. Of course, it's quoting Isaiah 52. You took the gospel to people, individuals in the country of Italy, and you took the good news. And I know that your lives have touched many, many people. And we want to hear about some of that today. And so to start us off, Rob, I would encourage you, if you could, just to kind of take us through a bit of an overview of the last uh, almost seven years since you guys went there.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a good place to start because uh, there's so many new faces here and so many people I don't know. Uh, And you might be wondering what on earth we were doing all this time in Italy. It wasn't just hanging out and and enjoying uh, the beaches and the mountains and the the amazing villas. But um, what we did do was um, go as church planters. The one thing that I really hope that comes across this morning is that as we were there All throughout the time, there were so many instances where we just didn't know what we were supposed to be doing, where we were going, why God was calling us to do this or that. But in the end, we could really see how he was bringing all of these pieces together so that every, not, I I can't say that every single thing made sense, but at least that we could see there was a real affirmation uh, on God leading us and and moving us in the different ways. Um, So to start we landed in Florence and with not knowing exactly what we were doing, but we were planning to start studying the language. And there was this group of locals there that just uh, wanted to plant a church. They could see this massive need in this neighborhood. And we, wanted to, we, we ended up joining with them on the first Sunday we were there. Is that right? Uh, meeting with them in the living room of the home of this family and a couple of other families and we're right on the ground floor of a church plant. And that was the whole reason we wanted to go because there's this, this massive need for new churches in Italy. So we worked with this church uh, two and a half years. And while we were there, what we were doing was uh, leading Bible studies. Well, first of all, learning the language. But as we were doing that, we were, we were branching out and doing more of, of Bible study leading, working with the kids Um, Mostly as an outreach, we did English, uh, teaching to the community children, and um, inviting them to come to the church to meet where we could uh, teach them, but also it was completely Bible-centered teaching. So they were learning English, although we were teaching them uh, the gospel. Uh, And this program really expanded and did really, really well. And in fact, one of the, the highlights I wanted to mention was that a bunch of the moms who would be dropping off their kids after school got connected with the ladies bible study and what five years later a bunch of them are still going and so this is a huge praise item that that I wanted to make sure I highlight Uh, then secondly we uh, this was more end, but she was leading a art group that they were studying various art pieces that you might find around Florence and um, and then connecting that with the Bible, because a lot of the times they would see these amazing masterpieces, and they know like who made it and 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 um, they can tell you all sorts of things about it, but they don't know the point of it. They don't know that this is like a Bible story uh, that is telling uh, a narrative of how God was uh, is redeeming this world and and how Jesus is at the center of it all. And so she her goal then was to to teach them not just uh, facts about a piece of artwork, but also uh, what it means and why it's important. Um, that was our, uh, our first couple of years. And then we come, came back here that summer, we, we were moving on to, to work with something else because this church uh, was actually fairly well established. So uh, we were, were very happy to, and pleased to see that this church is continuing on today too, and, and new people are coming. Um, After that we came back here and ended up going to the north of Italy and this is like one of those you know kind of puzzling things that we still scratch our heads about and wonder why it is that God brought us there because we arrived a few months before the pandemic started and right into literally the epicenter of where it all began in Europe which was the city of Bergamo um, uh, just near Milan. Um, we were not there very long. So we do not understand why God took us to that spot. But what we do know is that he got us out at the exact right moment. Because uh, we had a, a, an infiltration of water into our home, and it was completely destroyed by mold. Uh, all the walls were just absolutely covered, and we it was not livable. They had disconnected the kitchen, and we had to find a new place to live. So we ended up going... Um, uh looking for a new house in the meantime we started hearing this news about this like virus that was starting to circulate and then there was the big worry that they were going to close everything down the week that they closed it down uh the week before they closed it down we we could not find another place to live people were starting to get really afraid and we phoned a friend from florence and he invited us to come stay in an apartment he had uh, empty and uh i went back to collect our things And a day or two later, it was shut down. Had I been stuck there, I don't even know how I would have made it back. Uh, But God really, at the exact moment he needed, uh, took us out of that spot. So throughout those pandemic years, because uh, we found that meeting with new people was incredibly difficult. All those evangelistic events that we were running with our previous church were just not possible. Like you couldn't meet in groups. So what did we do? And this lasted way longer than anyone knew. We ended up working with a local church, an international church. So I'd be, I was there preaching fairly regularly. Uh, we were doing discipleship. Yeah. It wasn't like right away, but we were just like connecting with them. But then through connections in this church was where we met someone, and, and she's going to talk much more about this than I will, but uh, a Russian family who knew a bunch of these Ukrainian kids who are staying in a hotel and, and moms, and they just needed something to do. And we stepped up and we're like, of course, we're there. Uh, and, and because of the experience that we had, we were able to, to help with that need. But I'm really gonna leave most of that um, talk to her. And then the last, just to kind of close off our last couple of years, well, year and a half, uh, was working with the Ukrainians. And we've had a lot of support from people from this church even uh, who came and helped us. And, and um, money and prayer, prayers that that the church we know we're we're constantly um you were thinking and praying for us and so we really really are thankful for that
1: i think i remember last summer our sardis kids painted rocks and i mm-hmm. bought i still have rocks on my desk that mm. i bought the support of the ukraine work mm. and of course we sent a couple students one from another yeah. church one from our church to go and support you in those camps that and was, our was kids
0: just don't understand how you can uh, make a couple thousand bucks selling painted rocks. <laughs> they like, this like idea of church is so different for them because I, I was even like trying to figure out, well, where do I hold the mic? Am I going to be too loud? Because there, you don't really need to use mics. It's like a tiny little room. This is like kind of the state of the church of, of Italy, and this is really why we wanted to go
1: just before we pass it over to Karin, I do want to say too that um, they had an addition to their family while they were there. And we haven't really celebrated that as a congregation with them live here. So, you know, they went down with Sophia and Oliver, and then Mateo was born recently. When, when was he born? Uh, December 29th. December 29th, just squeaked in in 2022, eh? That's awesome. How about a round of applause for the addition of Mateo into the, the Lee family. And then, Karim, we will give you the mic because I want you to share about this kind of neat thing, how God used your passion, your gifts to bring about a really unique ministry. And uh, it really stemmed from, from your vision. So please share that. Sure.
2: So as Rob already mentioned, it was just an opportunity that came up when this uh, Russian lady, I'm going to name her, her name is Nadia, so I don't keep calling her the Russian lady. Um, she was visiting at the church that we were, you know, attending and involved um, that's a little bit of the evangelical reality there. Like, you like you go and you visit friends because the, the community is so small, like throughout Florence, you can you kinda know every you know, like people from, from different like little communities. And she was visiting and she wanted she needed help because she just heard of it through her contacts because she runs she owns the Florence Academy of Arts, which used to be the Russian Academy of Arts. So anyway, when those people got to Florence, like they were coming in and staying in hotels. They, um, they were looking for connections and they found her because of the language that he could speak, you know, Russian and Ukrainian is um, very similar, they understand each other. So she just mentioned and I talked to her after the service and said I have an idea, I have a plan, let me just figure out how to work this and the idea that I had in mind was from what we've had implemented before uh, for one and a half years when we did a church plant which was to run the English program with them because you know, you need to find like those connections with people that they would want to come and study the Bible. So we, I said, just let me figure out how I'm going to set this up. I already had the idea, the plan. We we knew we could throw it together, like for you know, in a few days, um, just get the right supplies. But the problem that we had is always space. Uh, space is very limited for the evangelical churches in general. We don't have like like. Um, um, we don't have like the blessing from the government, let's say. So it's, it's hard to, to get places. And that's a reality for most of the, the churches They are running, like finding spaces to rent in the association or like theaters or finding anyway. But I knew that our previous church had a place to meet. So we called him right away. Like, I, I guess that's the person that we always call for any problems because that's the same one who let us stay in his apartment during COVID. <laughs> And they let us use the building of the church. So we had that. We had the idea. We had, um, now we just needed to get those people to come and, and be there. And, and that happened. Do you have, uh, oh, yeah. So we started meeting with the moms and the kids um, three times a week to do, like, to run this, like, program that we were, like, in, um, ch- uh, changing, adapting for their reality, for where they were at and getting to know them, Rob. I uh, had the opportunity to study more directly with the moms and I and me and the kids were um, with the kids. Arab uh, also had like the teenagers because they had two or three teenagers. Um, and that happened in February and it led to summer. When we got to summer those moms were like can you take them <laughs> for the summer? <laughs> so we together with Nadia we planned this camp for them, a uh, eight week Camp. We weren't there all of the weeks, but we, we pulled all of the possible resources we've had that we found in, you know, in Florence, like all of our friends and co-workers and Christians, like all of the community of Florence that we could gather. And we also got help from Sardis. They sent us Tiana and, and Nathan, which was a huge blessing as well, as well as other organizations. Anyway, every, everything that we could get to run this uh, camp for them, which ran every day. And we found a space, which is always hard to. <laughs> um, I was already pregnant, and it was so hot that summer, like near what, like was nearing forty degrees. That we had like cold red, sometimes; you can't go outside. So, uh, to end this um, this camp, we managed to put a retreat together as well. Also pulling like all of the possible resources, not only from Florence this time, and also Canada, but we also. Uh, Asked their co workers to join. The uh, uh, lady from Sicily came, another couple from, a uh, family from Genoa, so we could um, run this retreat, a 10 day retreat for the families, not from all the families of camp because we, we couldn't, uh, you know, financially and it, it just logistically wouldn't be possible, but for those families that we've been meeting with since February, that, you know, from this program. Who also participated in the camp, but now we're taking them for a retreat. And that retreat was very special. That's why I brought this little book here. Are you in the picture of the retreat? A of oh, that's the camp. That's still the camp. Okay, you move forward. Okay, there's that. That's still the Oh, that's the material we created for the camp because it's very hard in Italy to find like curriculums or materials. So you you always have to make your own. So here we're making. We made the curriculum for eight weeks. Uh, in English and then with like some translation for uh, Ukrainian or or Russian. That's still the camp and then that's uh, Tiana helping us, Nathan, Mm -hmm. one of the classrooms, oh there's Tiana again. That's the camp, right? Yeah, that's the camp. So art and Bible, that is uh, what Rob was mentioning that uh, we were able to implement that on our first church plant and, and the only church plant, the first one which was a study of a study of uh, like because when you walk around Florence is a museum you, know, you, know, you see so much of like the art and the art from the periods of the Renaissance so it, it has a lot of religious art um, So for this retreat, something that we noticed that would really catch their attention would be to bring this connection with art, especially because it was me. Um, Rob and Nadia are putting this together, and Nadia is connected with the, the, the Arts Academy. So what we did is we created this, this um, uh, curriculum that where we would study, if you move a little, one more, there's a, or one less. One less. So we, would t- we, uh, we took the art around Florence and made it into a order that would tell the whole gospel. So starting from like a panel that had the creation and ending with uh, the cross, and studying the what the Bible had to say about each one, and the artwork, and the ladies were they're just so interested. And we also put the translation in in their own language, but they said it was easier to read in English because the translation of the Bible that they had, it was just just so outdated that it was hard for the modern modern reader to to read. Um, yeah, and then. I was already like you know getting on with the pregnancy. And after the summer in September, we, I, we couldn't go back to doing, I didn't have the, the physical ability to to keep the program for the kids. And they were also getting more involved in the community. They, now they had schools to go to. So we were meeting, but we, we still wanted to be connected with them and still walking towards uh, you know, sharing the gospel and whatever opportunity we had. So what we did is we let we connected this the retreat and the artwork that we studied to actually going to see that with them. So we took them to um, can you move towards yeah, the towards that. we went to see what they've studied and, and that's one of the, the panels that we went to see together. Um, so if
1: you look closely, each of those panels is telling the story from creation to the cross.
2: No, no this the one. Testament. That's from, from the Old Testament. And it's in from, this book as well? Yeah. From creation to Solomon. And then there we, we go. got like the Annunciation and the birth of Christ, the baptism, other panels that told the story up of, of the cross. And our time with them just um, culminated with Christmas because then he was about to come out. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we finished with a um, Christmas party in our house. And at that time... Most of them were ready to go back to Ukraine, to to their countries. And some went to like uh, Poland and other countries. We only had a few families left um, by the time that we that we left now too. So we were at the same time saying goodbye to a bunch of them. So like we would go see a panel, and it would be also a goodbye for one of the families, and that's our Christmas party. That's in our house. Oh, you
1: can see. Ready to come? Can I? Just take a moment here, Karin. I don't think we necessarily realize what goes into trying to run a camp. Uh, Last minute, you see the need. You have all these families coming from Ukraine. Uh, You have this one woman who's like, man, I can help. Um, and you start looking at what kind of resources we have. Now, we've just run our VBS soccer camp program, and we uh, budget for it, so there's money. We have hundreds of people that we can draw on so that we have volunteers, upwards of 140 volunteers at our VBS soccer camp. But you don't have all of that. Uh, You don't have necessarily all of the access to craft materials or curriculum, as you said, because you have to create the curriculum or adapt it. And so I, I think it's good to just pause for a second and, and go, oh, if we were in your shoes, what would it look like? And I don't know how many you, how many would have been a part of this camp? Ballpark. I
0: think we had 30 kids that came every day from like 30 kids. Day. And yeah, then like how
1: many moms or other parents? Well, the moms a- were,
0: were, were not at the camp. They were no. dropping off. But how many of them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they probably like 20 moms, I suppose, because they had multiple kids.
1: And then it goes from the camp into the opportunity in the fall. Mm -hmm. The retreat with these women, again. oh, actually families, right? The retreat, but you can't Mm -hmm. take all of them. You can only take a select few. Mm -hmm. And so from one idea comes another idea. Mm -hmm. And you kind of build off of that, and God keeps giving you opportunity to use your gifts and your passion. And I want to land on those two words, because it really didn't come out quite. But Kadin has a gift with creativity. She does graphic arts, and her work is phenomenal. I mean, it's amazing. And she did it for us for years, and we really appreciated when you did. But then also you have um, English. You both mm-hmm. speak English. So there you have and an English teacher. Rob is a teacher. Um, God takes the gifts and the passions that you have, this artistic flair, uh, even gift of language, and then He poses an opportunity, you weave them together, and he uses it for his kingdom purposes. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a message for all of us, because when we're willing to say yes to God, he can take our gifts, he can take our passions, and he can use them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in collective efforts, and Mm -hmm. sometimes individually, with neighbours or friends or people Mm -hmm. we're reaching out to. Uh, Mm -hmm. But good on you to find your way forward, especially in such Mm -hmm. difficult circumstances.
0: Yeah, when, when we were setting things up, like we had weeks not months to plan out some of these things so the only for the fact that we had run these programs already and this is what i was saying at the beginning is just how god had put everything together in place so that by the time we got to the point where we needed to suddenly throw a camp together like this we already had all these things that we'd already created and made curriculum and stuff which we just had to adapt then into the format that we wanted and uh, and as well with the art too for the retreat with And connect, yeah, everything. Like connections that we had from the church at the beginning were helping us with the Ukrainian. Like it was just so unbelievably interconnected that from at the beginning you would never have imagined that it would have
1: happened like this. That's awesome. Those are good moments for sure. Mm. God moments. Uh, Rob, share with us something uh, that's on your heart, maybe a meaningful story, Mm. or something to close off this time here together.
0: I wanted to highlight one of the uh, teens that came and was part of the Ukrainian camps, and um, like we met him early on, a really special guy. Um, his father is a doctor, and was unable to leave the country. I mean, the men were not allowed to go, so he was held behind, and he worked with the military. Um, oh, I don't want to put it too grimly, but he's trying to, you know, keep people together. Uh, Physically because of the uh, he was a surgeon and so like he was trying to patch people so that they could continue fighting basically Um, So he's got this on already on his mind that his dad's back home doing this and He's living with his mom He's 15 at the time and his little brother who was six or seven and There was a certain point where I was chatting with him and one city that he uh, was connected with, his, his actual house that he lived was completely demolished uh, by, by bombs. Um, and there was one city in, in uh, Ukraine that uh, the, the devastation that happened there, the, the things that the, the soldiers did to those who were there uh, is just unreal. And, um, and to, to, to the women and the children, like the abuse, it's just unheard of. Almost Uh, it's just so horrible to think about and he was had all these things in his head and he just said to me How can there be a God? uh, When there's this kind of destruction in the world and what do you say to somebody in this case? like the the heaviness that they're going through I Just wanted to grieve with them first of all and just be with him Um, But I I only said one thing really and and I just said well I sure do hope there is a God because if there's not there's absolutely no justice, and there's no meaning in it. And I, I, I hope I saw him just like ponder that and just sit on it. Uh, he's he's still not a believer, and uh, we're really praying for him uh, that he does. And I, I'm still in con- in connection with him. Um, so I, I mean, we he, we are going to talk about prayer requests later, but that's definitely something that. Uh, yeah, he, he moved to, to Poland to be like a little nearer to his, to his home um, a little while ago. Um, but yeah, we keep in touch uh, and we chat on WhatsApp. And I'm really hoping that all the stories we told him, and, and, and really throughout the Bible it's just full of suffering, but still there's this message that, that God is there, that he cares, that he cares so much that he, his son suffered uh, on our behalf. And, and so uh, that's one person that I wanted to highlight.
1: What's his name that we could pray for him by name? Rostick. Rostick. Um, you've shared with me, and I want you to share with our congregation, kind of a, a neat moment right at the very end as you're leaving Italy mm. uh, where you saw God's hand and, and blessing. Can you share that with us? This
0: is something that we just saw as an affirmation of the work that we were doing. Uh, Towards the end the the government decided so we worked with all these people that all lived together in one monastery uh, And so we would actually go pick them up and bring them and I was just constantly driving people around and stuff But towards the end the government decided that they were going to disperse everybody It was just going to be easy for them to to move them into somewhere maybe a little more hopefully more comfortable for them Um, But they ended up being all spread out all over the place the ones who were left, yeah, because some had already left the country by that point. But we really wanted to see everybody uh, again and to say goodbye to them at the end. But there's absolutely no way. How do you bring all these people together and with schedules and everything, and and everyone's off and they're doing their own thing in the summer? And we have, our own yeah, we have our own, you know, our own family, our own children, and and trying to pack the house and do like a billion things at the end that you need to do. And this really special thing happened. Um, Crin was looking at uh, uh, the social media posts that one of the moms was making and thought, that looks a lot of it, like very similar to the place that we're at right now. I think I kind of recognize it. And then messaged them and it just so happened that the government had offered uh, the, all the moms and their children a retreat place that they could go to camping. to spend like one week kind of camping in the woods in the summer. And it just so happened to be like a 15-minute drive from where we were. So here it was, God bringing all these people together that there was no possible way we could have done and put them where we could come visit them like, like just one more time to say goodbye at the end. That was the second last day we were in Italy.
2: <laughs> just, uh, just to add one like, tiny thing. The, the, it was so special to come to them this time, and they were hosting us. So, you know, we always fed them when they came, like throughout the, all of the meetings that we had with them. We always had food for them. And we were coming in, and they set up the chairs, and they had food for us, and they were hosting us. And just to say goodbye, was, it, was, it was very special to have that. As I think it was the second or third last day there. Second last day, yeah.
1: That is cool. And it is affirming mm-hmm. when we have those moments where it can only be God mm-hmm. that does something like that. Um, we do want to be praying for you, As has already been mentioned, uh, coming home is filled with a lot of challenges. Uh, The Lees have had to come home because they need some educational support for their family and are going to be living on Vancouver Island in Nanaimo. Uh, Rob's going to be teaching at a Christian school there where his kids can attend there and uh, have the additional help needed. Um, But share with us practically, how can we be praying for you for that? Mm -hmm. And I I hear, did you put an offer on a house this week? Is that right?
0: Oh, uh, last night, yeah.
1: <clears throat> last night.
0: Yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, so we
1: can be praying about mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, we would mm-hmm. all understand in this market trying to make mm-hmm. things work and the pressure that's there, so we would be praying for you, for, mm-hmm. for your housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how else can we be praying for you as your home now?
0: Yeah, well, uh, do you want me to also mention about our role continuing forward now? Okay, because this is also one definitely one of the prayer requests. Well, first of all, let me just mention, please continue to pray for the families, uh, the Ukrainians as well, As the families and people that we worked with in the local church and also the church plant I pray that the church plant will continue to grow pray for the the international church that they can bring in new people and and become healthy and um, what was the third thing oh and pray for the Ukrainians that uh, and rustic uh, and the moms that that they'll be able to put the pieces together of the gospel that we shared with them so I'd say f- those are like the main highlights from when we were living in Italy, if you could pray for those things. Uh, then moving forward, uh, we aren't completely stepping out of missions, we're continuing forward. Um, I am, uh, as Rod mentioned, a teacher, so I- and I am going to be teaching, but that's not the only thing I'm going to be doing. Uh, I We struggled dealing with schooling while on the field. It is a really, really hard thing to figure out what to do with your kids, uh, where to them in school um, or do you do homeschooling or public school or find a private school it's like a, a very challenging thing to go through so I'm gonna have a, a, a pretty small role but I'm going to um, be working with some of the families the Canadian families that are moving abroad and consulting with them now that we have a lot of experience with this uh, in helping them make the decisions that will be helpful for their children so that they can have a good ministry uh, wherever they happen to be going. Um, did you want to talk about your part that you're going to be doing or do you want me to say? Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. So she's going to be, uh, um, doing graphic design, continuing to support churches that are all across the world. Uh, hopefully this is the intention, um, within our organization. So please pray for her for that. That's going to be a larger role. Uh, at the time she's, she's starting halftime, but it might grow from there because I mean, it's a huge, huge job. Yeah, we don't get Matt leave because of being uh, overseas. So um, she's got to work already. (laughs) So that's the second thing uh, that you could be praying for us as we transition, as we look for home, as we settle our kids. Please pray for them and pray for us as we take on these new roles, which are also supported positions. So I know there's like, uh, you probably didn't know, but like most of the support that we had comes from this actual church Mm -hmm. uh, and from the individuals that come to this church so if you would like to continue supporting us uh, as we continue supporting churches uh, and individuals missionaries uh, we would love uh, if you would join us with that Um, or if there's anybody new who's hearing about this and would like to join as well please uh, contact us yeah and we know people as well that if you want to keep pouring into the ministries that we were working with we can connect you with um, people who need support as well uh, on the field there.
1: Very good. I would like to pray for you now, and I would like our congregation to join us. So could I ask you to stand as uh, we pray and support this couple as they find their way back into life in Canada? Father, I thank you for the Lee family, and we know that your hand is upon them, and we know that this world is filled with all sorts of challenges and trials and so often we're looking for, what are you up to, Lord? But they got to see your hand in many ways. They got to see you pull together uh, the gifting, the passion and interest that they had in, uh, in teaching English and in art and in camps and pulling it all together. We know that lives were touched through that, especially for these Ukrainian families, uh, mostly moms and their kids who were able to be a part of something where they experienced not just love, but your love, that they heard about the good news of Jesus Christ, and we pray for those seeds to be planted and come to fruition I do pray for this one young um, man uh, rustic that he would also be pondering the fact that you are the God who is in control of all of this and that you have plans and purposes that go beyond our understanding in this world we just have to trust you with that Lord we know so many are living with such hurt because of that war and so we lift up those families that have been torn apart and displaced and some that aren't even getting back together again there's been such great loss Father, I pray for that one local church that was doing that church plant that Robin Cadeen started with. I pray for the international church. I pray for these works to continue to be blessed by you and to have strong leadership and a, a solid testimony of the good news of Jesus. And we think, too, now of the Lees home here, that you would provide for them the housing situation, schooling And other needs, too, that probably relate to finances as they work for the mission, that you would continue to provide for them support through the work that they do there. And so we commit them to you. And we just pray that in the coming days and weeks here, Lord, that as their minds kind of reset to life here, that you would be sufficient for them in every way, that your grace would be sufficient for them, that they would have your peace in the midst of uh, a lot of change. And I pray for their children. Provide for them. Uh, friendships that uh, maybe brand new ones, uh, maybe some that they could renew again. I just pray that you would also take care of the children. We know that you do, and so we trust you with that too, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to our Sardis Fellowship sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check out sardisfellowship.com. Have a great day, and God bless.